we've been we've been talking about the <clears throat> upper room dialogue or the upper room um, ministry that that we've we've had and we've we've said that chapter 14 15 16 and 17 of John were after after um, Judas left the upper room at the Last Supper, he um, uh, Jesus started heavy teaching the the, uh, the eleven that were with him, and it was kind of like drinking from a fire hose. He had so much to tell them, and yet they were. <laughs> It was so much information coming, and as we've said before, we're grateful for John for recording this because the synoptic gospels don't have it. But what happened in the upper room, uh, chapter 14 pretty much was in the up upper room, and most people said that 15, 16, and 17 was on the, on the way to Gethsemane maybe stopping along the way and going to Gethsemane. So um, it's just a lot of information. And, uh, and we go over and over and we, we have the privilege of ha holding it in our hands and, and studying it and looking at it. And yet these people, <laughs> these 11, Jesus said it one time, and then it was up to them to to uh, process the whole thing. So let's let's begin in chapter chapter um, uh, fifteen, and we'll we'll pick up in verses uh, twenty six, and then we'll go into chapter sixteen, and we'll go to some other scripture too. John fifteen. Verses 26. When the helper comes, and we've, we've said that the helper is, is uh, uh, could be translated companion. It could be translated uh, counselor, um, the paraclete, one who walks alongside. Uh, any number of things that we could call the helper, and you may have it... Uh, um, translated in your Bible a little different, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcasts from the synagogue. But an hour is coming for everyone um, who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. These things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you so when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. 
we said last week, you know, that chapter 16, those first four verses should be with chapter 15. Um, but Jesus was warning them and of the things to come and the things that were uh, going to happen. And he says, you're going to be persecuted because they persecuted me. And they didn't know me, and they, they won't know you. And, and this is going to happen. But he said, I want you to know that this is going to happen because of who I am and that you follow me. We've often said, Art and I both have said many times that being a Christian uh, is the minority. And, and more so as the days go on in our, in our country. You know, everything is legal except being Christian. And, 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 and we've been told that. Jesus told us, he says, uh, it's going to be that way because they're lost. And we've talked about that. You can only understand when a lost person, he surprises you sometime and you can just say, well, he just doesn't get it. He's lost. Then Jesus talks in verse 5 of verse 16. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? The closest we have of that is back in chapter 14, verse 6, when Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't, we don't know the way where you're going. How to... How do we know the way? Excuse me. We do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? And then one of the pivotal scriptures, uh, verses in scripture, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. So back to verse 6 and verse 16, because I have said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Now, you'll have to understand that for the last three years, Jesus has walked with these 11 guys, and whenever they had a question or whenever they had a problem, they'd go to him, and he would answer their, their question or their problem. Now, he's telling them, and he has been telling them, I'm headed to the cross. That's Bill's words. But he says, I'm going to face death. And, and they didn't really fully comprehend what was going on. Some of them, I'm sure, maybe still thought that he was going to bring in a, a political kingdom, which was never his intent. But he said, verse 6, But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth... It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And we've talked last week and others that Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man, but he was limited to time and space. He could only be in one place at one time and he needed to go 
And Jesus said, when I go, the helper is going to come. And it's to your advantage that I go. Flip back to verses, chapter 14 and look at verses 15 and following. And, and he says, uh, verse 16 of chapter 14, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, counselor, comforter, paraclete, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him nor know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So the promise of the spirit coming was a real thing and Jesus says I'm going to tell you about it and the role of the Holy Spirit really picks up from from this point only uh, forward rather uh, Jesus is just hours from Gethsemane and hours from the cross and these people he had a lot to say. And yet, he says, you won't really understand until I go. Verse 7 again, but I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 8, and he, now, the New American Standard, which I use, Pastor Bobby uses, and is in our pulpit, Bobby, any deity is capitalized. And, and, and he, verse 8, is capitalized. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin righteousness and judgment so the basic role of the Holy Spirit is convict us of sin of righteousness and of judgment and Jesus goes on to explain what he's talking about here he says of sin because they do not believe in me the Holy Spirit comes to teach us and to lead us and guide us. And his primary role is the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin. Swindoll says, sin refers to one's inability or unwillingness to do as God commands, resulting in guilt before him. Jesus died to pay the penalty of sin for the whole world, but only those who believe in him have appropriated his sacrifice and therefore stand guiltless 
before the fathers. Those who do not believe in Christ remain in their sin. Other parts of scripture tells us that we can't know the Father unless the Spirit draws them unto them. We don't talk a lot about soul winning this day and time, but um, when we pray for somebody, we need to pray that the Lord would, would, the Holy Spirit would convict them of sin and convict them of their need for a Savior. And this is their pri his primary focus. Now for us that are saved, he also convicts us. I don't know if you're like me. When I do something I shouldn't, say something I shouldn't, it's not next week that I'm convicted. It's about 10 seconds later. Bill, you blew it, you know. You said something, you did something that you shouldn't. It's the Holy Spirit within us convicting us of sin. But the primary role of the Holy Spirit in this case is to bring a non-believer to Jesus. Righteousness refers to a legal standing before God. In its context, Jesus relates the issue of righteousness to going to the Father. Through his ministry, Jesus claimed oneness with the Father for the, which the world, the religious lead, leaders, accused him of sin, deceit, and, and blasphemy. Going to the Father is the ultimate vindication of Christ's righteousness over the world. The Holy Spirit will confront humanity with the righteousness of God. When we stand before Jesus, the only thing we can brag about is I'm saved because of what Jesus did. His righteousness appropriated to me. Nothing I could do, nothing I have done, nothing, I can't get there. But because of what Jesus did and his righteousness, I have a home in heaven. So he says here that the Holy Spirit will confront humanity with the righteousness of God. And of judgment refers to one's life and character as being sifted in order to determine his or moral worth. Jesus stated repeatedly that he did not come for the purpose of judging, but the individuals would reveal themselves by their response in truth. By virtue of Christ's vindication, Satan has been sifted, found wanting. The Holy Spirit will confront humanity concerning their choice for Satan instead of his son. Judgment. The ruler of this world has been judged. We've talked about this word paraclete, the Holy Spirit paraclete, one walking alongside. And we talked about that we have this ability within us uh, 
this role of the Spirit within us. The key is, as it always has been, obedience. Obedience. If you're obedient, you walk along with the, the Lord, walks along with you, you ask Him to help you, and He will. Now, if you're out of character, if you're out of communion, if you're being disobedient, it's another cup of tea. You need to get right with the Lord. But obedience always, always is where we need to be. Obedient with what we know. Now, if you don't know it, that's where the Holy Spirit's going to come in and convict you and lead you into righteousness and judgment. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I'm going to chase the rabbit now. Go to Second Thessalonians with me. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. <clears throat> Second Thessalonians chapter two. It's Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus. So if you go that far, you're too far. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now we requested you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or being disturbed either by spirit or message or a letter as if it come from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed and the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God, object of worship, so that he takes his seat at the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you remember while I was still with you, this is Paul, I was telling you these things, and you know what restrains him now, so in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. I don't know about end times, and the older I get, the less important it means to me. But <clears throat> we've been taught and we teach that there will be a tribulation coming.
coming. And, and the church will be raptured before that. So the believers will be away from this world. And he who restrains is the Holy Spirit. The only reason it's the world is in as good a shape it is today is because of the believers, because of we who are trying to follow the Lord and have been obedient to him. But when we are gone, lawlessness will wreak havoc. I mean, it can be anything. But the Holy Spirit dwelling in believers, when we're gone, lawlessness is going to take all over. Now, if you look at the news today, <laughs> you wonder, you know, how one man being crazy, you know, is, is uh, throwing the whole world that we know today into conflict. <clears throat> the Bible Knowledge Commentary, which I also read, <clears throat> it's uh, by the faculty of Dallas Theological. This is what they say about this passage that we just read. The Holy Spirit of God is the only person with sufficient supernatural power to do the restraining. Some object to this as being the Holy Spirit on the grounds that what you're holding back. But how will he be taken out of the way? When the church leaves the earth in the rapture, the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way in the sense that his unique lawlessness restraining ministry through God's people will be removed. The removal of the restrainer at the time of the rapture must ob obviously precede the day of the Lord. Paul's reasoning thus is a strong arg argument for the uh, pre-tribulation rapture. The Thessalonians were not great <laughs> were not in the great tribulation because the rapture had not occurred. He who restrains. So the Holy Spirit is restraining uh, the devil at this point in time. So judgment is not what it could have been or, or will be because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Back to John chapter 16. <clears throat> Verse 12. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I have a lot to say, but, chapter 13, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, 
and he will disclose to you what is to come. Back in chapter 12, we had where Jesus said, I don't speak anything that the Father doesn't tell me to speak. And now Jesus is telling the Holy Spirit's coming and he's not going to say anything that I didn't, that I don't want you to know about or I want you to know about. He will tell you these things. So, Jesus is telling him he's going to the cross and, and he has to go. And right now, we're going to see in just a minute, it's painful. But when he comes, the Spirit of, uh, of Truth, the Holy Spirit, will teach you and guide you into all things. These 11 guys plus Matthias that came along later, is that, is that the one that fulfilled Judas's role? Yeah. Is right? Uh, <clears throat> they didn't in their own strength turn the world upside down but the Holy Spirit working through them and teaching them and leading them and guiding them uh, does now we have the revelation of this book and it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us and leads us in what we read and what we study. Every time we open the book, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us and to tell us what scripture means. And he will, and he will. All right, <clears throat> verse 14. He will glorify me and he will take of mine and will close it, disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Verse 16. A little while. <laughs> now, he says that little phrase, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine at least nine times in these next few verses. A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you'll see me. He's headed to Gethsemane. He's going to be arrested, going to be taken to the high priest's house. He's going to be taken to the, to the civil authorities of the day. And he's headed to the cross a little while and you're not going to see me. And yet, a little while and you will see me. Verse 17. And some of his disciples said to him, to one another, what is this thing he is telling us? A little while and you'll not see me and a little while you will see me because I go to the, my father. Verse 18, and they were saying, what is this that he is saying a little while? We don't know what, what he is talking about. <laughs> Jesus knew that they wished to question him, and he said to them, are you deliberating 
together about this that I said a little while and you will not see me and again a little while and you will see me truly truly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice you will grieve but your grief will be turned into joy he's going to the cross in a little while a very short period of time he is going to the cross and they are going to be really really sorry but he says your grief is going to be turned to joy Friday night but Sunday's coming the resurrection and they'll see him again and oh, oh happy day that will be and Jesus like the master teacher he says let me explain it in terms that you will understand verse 21 when a woman is in labor she has pain because the hour has come but she gives birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish because the joy that a child has been born into the world you mothers agree with that yes there's pain but there's immense joy, immense joy. Verse 22, therefore you have to grieve now, but I'll see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one will take joy away from you. Joy, joy. No one will take it away from you. Carolyn's daughter-in-law. She suffered, but she kept her joy in and through it all. Joy. Not happiness, but joy. Joy that the Holy Spirit brings. Verse 23. In that day, now when we were in, when we were teaching uh, Isaiah and we were talking about in that day. And that was coming. That was coming. Same thing is true here. Jesus said, in that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. As we said just a moment ago, that when they were there now and Jesus would tell uh, they had a question they would ask him and he would answer the question or where they were going to go or what they were going to do he, he was their authority and he listened they listened to him and he says I'm going to go and he says the day is going to come in that day you will not question me about anything but you ask the father for anything in my name he will give it to you 
Until now you have asked for nothing. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. <laughs> Verse 50, uh, 25. These things I have spoken to you in a figurative language. An hour is coming when I will no longer speak in figurative uh, language. But will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask my name. Uh, you ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. I am leaving again and going to the Father. In the Leviticus system, that that Moses instituted and was modified at this time of Jesus the priest did everything they were <laughs> uh, they were the doctor if you had leprosy you went to them and and found out what it was and they took your sacrifices and they they did all the things that the Leviticus priest were instructed to do. But Jesus is telling them, he says, you can go straight to the Father because we have a relationship with him. He says, you no longer, the latter part of verse 25, no longer speak in a figurative language, but I will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask my name and I do not say that I will request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I come from the Father. So the, the priesthood of the believer is, it's been said, we, we don't have to go through a man. We don't have to go through a priest. We can go straight, straight to Jesus, straight to the Father through him. Now, we pray in Jesus' name. That's not magic, but we're acknowledging the fact that we go to the Father through Jesus, through Jesus. Verse 29 his disciples said lo now you're speaking plainly and not using a figure of speech now we know that you know all things and no one need for anyone to question you by this we believe that you came to God Jesus answered them, Now do you believe? And I've written in my Bible, Finally, they're little by little grasping what Jesus is and what he's fixing to do. 
but he's jerking them back to reality in these last two verses of this chapter. He says, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home to leave me alone, and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus is headed to Gethsemane, and we know through other gospels that he was there in Gethsemane and took Peter and James and John and went a little bit further and he says he said I'm you pray and I'm gonna go a little bit further and pray he came back and they were asleep he did that three times came back and they were asleep a little bit later when they did Judas and the entourage came to capture him and to take him to the civil authorities they left you know they took Jesus he was their world he was everything and they left and Jesus said this a few verses before or chapters before he pointed at Peter and he says you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows and we know it happened and they they dispersed and he's saying that and telling them. He says, but I'm not going to be alone because I have the Father with me. And we're not alone because we have the Holy Spirit residing in us, the third part of the Trinity. It's a, it's a, a privilege and something we take too for granted too much and the Lord is here to help us as long as we are walking in obedience to the Father walking in obedience to the Father the Holy Spirit is a tremendous tremendous blessing his ministry to the world convicts in order to bring about repentance his ministry to believers by contrast is to bring about obedience through transformation. Now his ministry is to call scripture to mind, illuminate our, our meaning coupled with the experience and for us to apply it. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit probably didn't go too much to calm the troubled minds of the 11 disciples. The gift of the Holy Spirit would not have been beyond their comprehension, but unlike it is for us today, only in reserve. We cannot fathom life without him, and therefore it is easy for us to take his indwelling wisdom for granted. If we want to know what life would be like as believers left to uh, exit on our own, all we need to do is observe the disciples after Jesus resurrection and before Pentecost 
They were dull of mind, weak of spirit, fearful, confused, doubting, despondent, aimlessly, and lethargic. But thank God, he didn't leave us alone. He didn't leave us alone. Well, it's time to quit. And we'll pick up next week, chapter 17. Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for loving us. We ask you to be with us as we go from this place and we thank you for these sweet people. So bless us. Be with every word spoken, every song sung, every prayer prayed, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you.